Yeah. Beyond. Beyond. Whoa. Beyond. No. Beyond. Yeah. yeah. See? Anyway, it's beyond. It's, it's still happening. We keep doing it every week, and it keeps on going. This train can't be stopped, though it stops once a week. When we stop doing it, we only do it once a week. It's not a continuous show. Anyway, this is episode Ooh. 477. I'm looking at the wrong camera. Hey, everybody. I'm Max Scoville, <laughs> and I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hi. Jonathan Dornbush. you looked at me when you said Brian, but hi. <laughs> and Brian Altano. <laughs> Fun day Mondays. No, it's Marty Sleva. What? Anyway, uh, yeah, so um, what's going on? We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. Resident Evil 7 is out. Yakuza 0 is out. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, is that out yet? Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue is out, yes. Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> We're just going to take short naps while you talk about that. Feel free. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff out there in the wild. Um, you know, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Let's start with Resident Evil 7. Yeah, um, yes. Raise your hand if you're brave enough to play that game. If you're listening at home, a, a raised hand sounds like a swift wind of, <laughs> of arms Here's going the, up. Yeah. For the audio drama, that's the yeah. sound of a yeah. hand being raised. Man, I, uh, I'm i so happy we got this game. Yeah. This is yeah. like, su it's such a triumph and a treat to get a game like this. Uh, we were we're really worried about this game, uh, honestly, for a while, because I think like, anything with the, with the number seven in it is sort of like, it's just not great. I think. Like, what about the movie for seven? Furious Seven. Furious Seven. Final Fantasy yeah. Seven. No, I mean like in terms Seventh of like, Samurai, one of the greatest films of, of all time. Like, Seventh Seal, okay. also one okay. of the greatest <laughs> films of all time. Uh, seventh Heaven. Seven Minutes in Heaven. <laughs> yeah, by the time by the time games or even movies get to the seventh iteration, they yeah. typically either reboot or rebrand or just drop the number entirely. Yeah, but. I was actually pointing this out in the Podcast Beyond Facebook group the other day. Plug, plug, plug. You should join that. Uh, episode Seven uh, wasn't actually called that. It was called The Force Awakens, and only in the crawl did it say Star Wars Episode Seven. Everywhere else, it just said The Force Awakens because I think they didn't want to go in a with a lot of baggage and when we first saw the reveal trailer for this game in e3 last year and we saw it said resident evil i was really excited and then it's at seven and i was like ah oh, why'd you do that yeah but it turns out that this game is a lot more new than i think the title would let it yeah. on to be and i think that like before we even get into like how much we love it um i just really want to commend capcom on the fact that like i've had a rocky relationship with them the last few years i think gamers have in general if you're a Mega Man fan you've probably been upset uh, or angry, or you know, just just completely defeated by where that franchise. Oh, wow, that took a, that. Uh, <laughs> those those waters started to yeah, rush. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I'm yeah. starting yeah. to get sad. I mean, yeah. it's just been a rough few years, and I think like they've made some real bad decisions when it comes to the Resident Evil franchise in the past. It's been sort of all over the place quality wise, but this game is such an awesome step in a new direction for them. And I well, I don't think it's like a sort of a reboot on the level of like say Resident Evil Four. I think it is uh, in in its own way. Uh, just a fantastic step for the franchise. And this is a uh, this could be your first Resident Evil. This is not you don't need to know the baggage of six plus Resident Evil games yep. of lore that ultimately by six was out of control and dumb. Yeah. Like like six was just straight up dumb and lost all the core tenets of the series. Whereas this its main change is first person, which is the thing I was I was super worried about. Mm -hmm. uh, I got over that within five minutes yeah. and realized, like, oh, no, this did keep a lot of those core tenets yep. of mm -hmm. uh, inventory management, of puzzles, of exploring an environment, of... I think this has better enemies with more character in terms of the Baker family than any of the core villains in Resident Evil. Yeah, Resident yeah. And this is a franchise that has experimented with so many different perspectives. I mean, it started with fixed camera angles. Uh, it went on to uh, fixed camera angles in pre-rendered backgrounds with Remake. Uh, there there was an over-the-shoulder third person, yeah. a bunch of games from 4, 5, and 6, um, and Umbrella Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And then there was, like, light gun games. And, uh, you know, just... It, it's been... In, in, there's been like third person online shooter, first person shooters, like, but this 
really feels like Resident Evil, and it feels like the first time I played Resident Evil back on the original PlayStation, mm-hmm. and just that feeling of terror, that uncertainty of turning a corner. Yep. Um, I'm playing it on uh, PS4 Pro in 4K, and the way the lighting works in this game Amazing. is so phenomenal. And I, I, when I think of like HDR, I usually think of like if you watch something like The Man in the High Castle, they they shoot a lot of stuff on that show in HDR and Amazon Prime. It's it's basically like very brightly backlit so you're like oh my god that guy's standing in broad daylight it looks amazing this is a very dark game tonally and just sort of like lighting wise so when there are little peaks of light when you see a flickering light bulb down the hall it looks gorgeous like yeah. this game looks legitimately great on the ps4 pro and it's just really fun to play it's it's like probably the scariest game i've played in a very long time and there's it, like not in like a like consistently disturbing kind of horrifying kind of way but there's just this like uneasy tremoring tension that is constantly happening in that game where just even when i'm doubling back on areas uh it's sort of in the way the first one when you backtracked in the original resident evil and you're a dog jumped through a window for the first time yeah and it shook you to your core yeah Yeah. like games have been trying to do stuff like that for a long time and i don't think they've really nailed it the way this this one has been able to do that again yeah Mm kind of reminds me of like in remake the first time you you enter a hall and the crimson heads are back Mm -hmm. you're like Oh, this is new. This is different. Yeah, um, yeah. And you have these little, like, sort of the 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 estate in this game, the Baker Estate, has these little sections that almost feel like the way that they prowl the sections. The Bakers feels like little nemesis. Yes, nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis. I, I was I was just going to talk about that. Like, I love the fact that you have stalkers in this yeah. game that sort of just like corner you, and then you get rid of them, and they come back yeah. because they're base of effectively like super mutants i won't get into the lore too much Mm because i think everyone should play this but um it is such a like the new setting i think it just works so well too of like this like just this wet gross house yeah i I was uh, (laughs) i played like for a second just i mean the the thing leading up to the to the demo basically start out a car uh that is Probably the most realistic afternoon I've seen in a video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, really like that. Yeah, it's kind of odd. I was actually just I was playing it just on kind of regular vanilla PS4 with no special 4K mm-hmm. HDR or anything, but just looking at it being like, this is exactly what I want to see yeah. in HDR. The use of lighting in it and the use of color is, it manages to be that kind of, uh, not quite the, the golden hour you get in movies, but that sort of like, oh, Twilight is just around the corner. Like yeah. night mm-hmm. is almost here. Yeah. Almost that menacing like, hurry up and get your daytime stuff done yeah. feeling um yeah. which is something that i it's it's a it's a thing that i always think of like sunday afternoons when i'm like ah crap i gotta go back to work tomorrow <laughs> yeah. not that i don't like my job or anything but um you know that that feeling of like oh your your weekend is dwindling like that kind of winter afternoon or yep. summer you know yep. that, it, that it, it it nails that time of day perfectly mm-hmm. and then you look over and there's like a pile of body parts and you're like Oh God! Everything's gonna get really bad. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think what what I love about the horror in this game is that it's unsettling in a sort of non traditional, non sort of hokey way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about it that like very much reeks of Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me. Probably. Which yeah. when you watch that movie, dynamics, yeah, sure. the family dynamics for sure. But the idea of like like if if you were to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then look at the motives for the characters and ask why, you wouldn't have an answer. 
And that's what I kind of love about the villains in this game mm. is that when you're playing a game about a ghost, it's like, oh, the the woman lost her life and then her baby became. It's like classic it's, ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like a, like there's like the toy train that goes by and it makes that noise and it's mm. like dang 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 and you're like, oh great, there's that trope again. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't feel like that. This is just like oh, a bunch of gross ass backwoods dudes want to eat guts at lunch, yeah. <laughs> and because of that, they do mutant stuff to their yeah. buddies and their friends and sisters and, and crap. So. It's severely disturbing. I think it's like it's it's so awesome that we have this game. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm gonna slowly crawl through it and uh, then go back and play. I think specific sections in PSVR. PSVR. I imagine there's a lot of stuff that's buried in there too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Jonathan, are you are you a big Resident Evil guy? Uh, well, no, I've really only ever played. I started with the remake on okay. the GameCube. That was my first entry into it, and then I played a little bit of four, and then a little bit of six. Yeah. Um, but. I I haven't started this game. I played the demo and I played the demo in like VR as well. It I cannot wait to start this game. And yeah. Especially what excited me was you talking about how it sort of has this general sense of unease and yeah. tension to it. Like that is the type of horror that I love. I mean, I hate it, but I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. and that is what I am looking forward to. Like I don't need a ton of. There will be jump scares, of course, yeah. but like that is what not the only thing I want. Do you, you know, like yeah. when you're watching like the Blair Witch and they wake up yes. that one day and there's just like piles of rocks. Yes. and you're like, well, yeah. that's weird and it's terrifying, but I don't really know why because there's nothing. I'm not afraid of rocks. It's yeah. a stupid thing to be afraid of. This game does stuff like that a lot. Yeah. Where yeah. like you'll turn the corner and you're like, is that a like a leg sculpture? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I don't like this hallway, but I have to keep going, so I'll yeah. keep going. Yeah, that's the I think thing the puzzle it. elements are really smart too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, See, that sucks because like I really like puzzles and I like environmental stuff, but I don't like stuff that's legitimately scary. <laughs> I think you can build a tolerance to, to horror. I mean, yeah. I, the thing is, like, you just eat a bunch of pills yeah. or something. Yeah. But you've been, you, you've been on, like, on a horror movie kick, and you appreciate yes. horror designs. Like, yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I've always been, like, a big wuss. Like, I've always been not, like, not good at being scared. Like, I don't enjoy I being scared. Yeah. Yeah. But I love monsters. Yeah. And I love, uh, I love horror as a, like, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of nuances to horror that I, I think are, are fantastic. And yeah. I'm, it sucks because Resident Evil is finally returning to being a proper survival horror game, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of wishing it was the thing where they're like, "Oh no, it's a zombie shark," or like, "Oh, you've got to you know do this weird action stuff," or there's like a you know chainsaw man chasing you through a village. Like, yeah. I kind of wish that it was it was this presentation and this execution, but leaning more and towards the campier side of things. Yeah. And it sounds like okay. this is not the campy side of things. This is legitimate, like, oh, you know, go to the bathroom inside of your pants horror. You know? Yeah, I mean. The campiness comes through accidentally, I think, through yeah. like this, the character models and the acting a little bit. It's yeah. still a little like kind of yeah. wooden at times. And yeah, like, I mean, the, some of the models actually look sort of puppety at times, yeah. like that. But um, I think that, like, I mean, we've we've all been gushing over PT for years now, and yep. how we'll never delete it, and how we've got to bring it from system to system. But I think that this is exactly what we were looking for in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I think that 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 sort of like. There's a mystery here, but there's layers to it. And I think people are going to be pulling stuff out of this game for yeah. a long time. Yeah, the opening 20, 25 minutes is definitely like heavily PT inspired. Yes. And then it sort of finds this really great balance of uh, PT slash horror games in 2017 plus some of those core elements that we really loved about the yeah. original. Yeah. I think the video, I mean, the video cassette angle is brilliant. Yeah, and you get a bunch of those throughout the game that are sort of optional that give you a lot of backstory and sort of teach you about the mansion, certain secrets. Like I think it's a genuinely brilliant and horrifying loop to find a videotape play it on a TV, watch what happens to these characters, see how they open up a certain door or a secret way, go in yourself and be like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah, totally. yeah. Like, I just saw those guys that. bite the bullet and yeah. what's going to happen with me. Um, it's Yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. Resident Evil as a series is like, it, 
it showed up right when I was first kind of getting into more, you know, more adult games. Mm -hmm. And there was that kind of initial thing where I looked at it and I'm like, oh, it's scary. And it's, it's, it's a frightening thing. And it's, that's about it. And then as I've gotten older, I've been like, oh, it's got the guts of a puzzle game. But there's like, and then there's kind of the, you know, the mechanics of, of action. It's not like it's unfair. It's just like, it, you know, resources are sparse and you have to kind of like think on your feet and it's, you know, they do kind of have clunky controls. But in this case, I'm excited about getting to the point where it's less just wandering around with, you know, with no weapon where you're actually kind of like, we have to fight something. Like, oh, yeah. I'm curious about fighting a boss in this game. Um, and it's interesting because there has been that like that sort of renaissance of, of horror games lately, like Amnesia and, um, you know, Outlast. Outlast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're not really fighting anything like you're not you're not kicking anything. I mean, Alien Isolation to a certain degree. Yes. Right. Um, where it's like. And it's it's kind of cool to see Resident Evil kind of circle back and be like, hey, um, we kind of invented survival horror where, you know, you're limited in what you can do. But here's something that still limits what you can do, but you can do something. You're not entirely yeah. Yeah. powerless. And it does that really great way of like, do I run past these enemies and conserve my ammo or do I stand my ground and fight? And if you stand your ground and fight, you can get headshots and you can take them down in a couple shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're also like, well, I know bosses around the corner and these bosses are like yep. hard as hell. So mm-hmm. like, do I want to save it for that? Um, Which I love. And I love the uh, the saving system is very evocative of the old type. Yeah. Yeah. You like have that. the item box. Yep. You have uh, sort of light crafting where you choose whether you want to craft uh, first aid spray or whether yep. you want to craft bullets. Yep. <laughs> I don't understand how you're crafting bullets. Yeah, I don't, don't worry either. about it. I mean, you gotta have you you have to sort of leave your logic at the door with a thing like this. Yeah, you didn't okay. take that class in high school. I didn't actually. <laughs> no, I took uh, I took line dancing oh, in okay. Wisconsin. Yeah, I can right. see that right, being yeah. more useful. Fair enough. Than bullet crafting. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm sure we'll have. Uh, you know, we're only a couple hours in, so I'm sure yeah. we'll have a lot more impressions uh, next week. Marty, you went to Japan. Konnichiwa. Why did you go to Japan? I got to Gozimas. This is your big Oof. secret trip. You've been, <laughs> ah, trip. Yeah. You've been keeping yeah. this a secret for Shemisen. a while. Yeah. Yeah. Dojinshi. <laughs> Stop it. I don't know what those mean. Uh, yeah, Caleb Lawson and I uh, went to uh, Tokyo to uh, Shinagawa, which is one of the, the wards in the city, uh, because we got to go to the sort of grand opening of Kojima Productions, which was super insane. And like, there was, like, there was only two other. It was like the, I think the BBC and Famitsu were there. So that's like, wow. weird. Wow. It's sort of a weird trio right there. Huh. Yeah, and then we all The kissed. big three. Weird. Not all yeah. kissed. I didn't actually see any of them. Not the BBC. Not the no, BBC. They're very proud. Mitsu would give that kiss a 10 out of 10 out of 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, yeah, but the office space is, is I, I visited a lot of Japanese office spaces, and for the insanely creative games that come out of them, they're very sort of Spartan and almost feel like a hospital with like right. harsh overhead lighting. Yeah. And it just feels like if you walk in those rooms, you're like, I don't know. Maybe they're doing finance in this room, right? There, it's yeah. it's. I think the culture is very minimalist. It's it's weird because when you play the games or you watch like anime, you, you like you, you see any of that, it's just it's just like yeah, yeah. And then you get to their actual office. They're all very and reserved like, and they're wearing button-up shirts, walls. And khakis. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we know from you know we've been sort of following uh, Kojima and, and Mark Cerny's worldwide tour of touring all these different office spaces and what inspired him. And finally, ultimately, uh, we got a PSX uh, landing on the Horizon Zero Dawn engine. A sort yeah. of modified version of that for Death Stranding, uh, but yeah, going to the actual offices, uh, you sort of you enter and it's a a very minimalist white room with uh, a, a you know glass wall that has trophies and mm-hmm. uh, like the awards he's won from uh, Death Stranding and like the, the you know the trailer and the reveal. I love that. There's already a trophy case for a game that doesn't. Yeah. It's that's not even. Yeah, like two a, of them were IGN awards. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. It's not even a thing yet. Yeah. I love that. I like pointed at the other awards. I was like, just throw these away. Just yep. <laughs> yep. Um And it just has this podium. And they, I was like, I don't know how we actually enter the office. And if this is the office, it uh, this is a two person studio right. with no desks. Right. Uh, and they tap the ID card on the podium, and a wall opens up, and then it's a seventy five foot 
just the brightest hallway and it's illuminated the entire ground both walls and ceiling are completely illuminated in blinding light and the only object in the room is a like six foot tall Luton statue oh my, oh my god, god that's so the, cool does it do the panel thing that he did at uh, E3 you were able down? to do the panel it, thing oh there's like god. various settings on the on the room no and the way they described it was like they wanted this to be sort of a uh, decontamination chamber slash womb to where you are leaving behind the sort of noise and and uh, steady life of Tokyo and cleansing yourself before you enter into the creative space where Death Stranding, wow. assumingly, oh God. future projects are going to be developed. Uh, so that what, room is terrifying. What a madman in, <laughs> yeah. so in the best way possible. Yeah. You're describing Fantastic. this room, and I'm thinking of uh, like the the room that Mia Jovovich goes in in the Resident Evil movie. That, has that was the, the very first. The I was lasers. like, oh, the lasers are going to kill me. And I'm not very agile. Yep. I did not take tumbling. <laughs> Line dancing will not save me. Uh, but then you enter the actual office space, and uh, it is very clear that he was inspired by Western developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Specifically, it reminded me of the office of uh, Sony Santa Monica, of Bungie, these sort of... Uh, giant, warm, open, uh, communicative spaces. So it's one giant room with a ton of desks. Uh, I think they said ultimately they want their studio to be under 100 people. Mm-hmm. So they, they're very much considering themselves indie, which you're like, 100 people, that's a lot. But you're like, well, no, when you look at the credits of a game, like any Ubisoft game, yeah. right. it's well over 100. I mean, look at the credits of, of Metal Gear Solid 5. five yeah, right? seriously. Like, um, and it's just we're talking about that was written and directed and produced by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. It says it every every four screens. Yeah. Uh, and so it is one giant room. They have their own uh, sort of an offshoot with a light mocap studio. They have uh, their sound room. They have this giant, really open kitchen sort of meeting area where the whole thing that he said in the interview was he wants to promote communication and he doesn't want there to be middlemen. And he wasn't like calling out Konami or anything, but he was very much like I've worked at places where. Uh, communication breakdowns have caused massive delays and problems and he's like I want any member of the team to be able to walk up to any other member of the team and start talking and that's what this room promotes and there are only three quote unquote offices and it's him the art director and the producer And but the offices are completely glass walled connected to these things and it seems like the door is always going to be open and so he entered his office and it is almost a collage of inspirations from every medium he had this giant coffee table uh kubrick book a giant coffee table uh taxi driver book he was listening to the la la land soundtrack <laughs> he had legos built in the form of the one of the robo dinosaurs from horizon oh that's so uh, he had cool. a tie fighter on the side so it's do just you, like do you think that that sort of uh that sort of office flow is kind of a big middle finger to the fact that Konami didn't let him see his own team for six months. I mean, months. honestly, I mean, yes. Like, by secluding him away, he's like, I never want this again. Yeah. Did, you ever, yeah. did you ever see Konami's, his, his studios with Konami at all? No. Okay, so I did, yeah. and I can speak to this a little bit. Um, what was really interesting is I, I went to the, the Tokyo offices of, of Konami when I, I checked out Ground Zeroes with uh, with Mitch, uh, rest in peace. Um, Not that. Yeah. Um, still <laughs> yeah. Still, Mitch, Mitch Dyer is not dead in spite of what his last name might say. Um, he's Canadian, so yeah. actually he might live longer than any of us. True. Anyway, <laughs> um, we went to went to Tokyo to check out Ground Zeroes, and it was a weird trip because the first part was basically like, oh, let's give you a tour of like Konami's offices, offices, and they're very, very, like, very cold. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, it makes sense. Basically, not a lot of like, none of the doors have windows on them, so you don't know. You could be walking totally. into a supply closet, or you could be. You know, and it's to make sure that people aren't, you know, doing industrial espionage or just like, you know, poking around too much. Yep. But it's also kind of misleading to be like, oh, here's like a long hallway with just blank doors and or, you know, they're written in Japanese. And I don't know what the hell anything says. And then 
you know, we get into the area where, uh, you know, Kojima's kind of studio was. And it, it sounds kind of more akin to what, you know, what you saw. It's still mm-hmm. cubicles and everything. But, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't kind of separate offices for each each person working. And he had his uh, his mocap studio. And then there was this entire giant sort of research area. Um, one thing I really loved was they were sh- this was when they were first working on the Fox engine. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they had a similar thing there. Um, basically, they had a room that they kind of chose to be there like they they rendered the room exactly one to one in the Fox engine yeah. to use it as kind of like a white balance or like they one hundred percent have that we've yeah. seen that with Guillermo del Toro's model yeah like the the tank yeah. is in an office room with a bunch mm-hmm. of yeah. And yeah. Stuff yeah on it where they're like here let's just we know exactly what the lighting in this room looks like so if we can kind of create it perfectly in game then we have like a good kind of that's you know it's it's a mm-hmm. good calibration test I mean I've watched like every episode of Hannibal and if you showed me that Mads Mikkelsen model I'm like that's completely spot yeah. on yeah. yeah it's kind of amazing that like. That he is such an abstract and bizarre and insane director, but he's also striving for realism probably harder yeah. than almost any any other mm-hmm. game developer is right now. Yeah, yeah. And hearing just sort of where the studio is, uh, like they're still they're staffing up. Like this this game's a, a while away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know. So what do you, like if you were to just throw throw it out there, just total shot in the dark guess? Uh, fall twenty nineteen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that feels safe. Yeah. Um, um, but hearing him talk, he said, so this is the, the, the first year of Kojima Productions was about assembling a spacecraft and getting it into orbit. And for that, he needed uh, people he trusted, which is why he's working alongside so many of his producers from, you know, Metal Gear, like mm-hmm. people he's worked with for, you know, years, if not decades. Yeah. Uh, but he said, year two is about hiring people that can take him to unexplored planets. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's hiring uh, internationally. It's hiring people who don't even necessarily speak Japanese. It's hiring people who don't even necessarily work in games. He's like talking about sculptors. He's talking about people from film. And he said he's hiring people that don't know who he is or who his games are. But he like appreciates their work and sits down with them and talks about the vision. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'm on board for this. I love that because, I mean, he's, I think he's been, he's obviously very clearly been influenced by film for the longest Mm -hmm. time. And that's what good filmmakers do. You don't hear about that a lot in the games industry. You hear about people sort of like, Hiring the people that they know and their friends yeah. and, and stuff like that, um, but that that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fa- so, um, what what does it like? What is it? What does it feel like there? Does it feel like there's they're on the precipice of like the next step? Does it feel like they're in the middle of making something? Like, like can you get a sort of vibe of what the, feels the, the level like is com- right now? Completely, oh, like a complete guess. It feels like there is a skeleton there, and that they are now ramping up hiring to start putting flesh on it. Right. Um, and the other thing I felt was just extreme optimism and extreme trust in his vision and vice versa, him having extreme trust in the people he's bringing on, mm-hmm. both in uh, Tokyo as well as, uh, you know, in the sort of Amsterdam annex at uh, Gorilla. It's got to be sort of just, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but this is a, a, just a, an enormously gratifying feeling for him mm-hmm. to just get away from the baggage of, of years and years yeah. of having yeah. to be under basically be signed to a record label that yeah. wouldn't let him put albums out. Yeah. We also, like, he he released a statement uh, that we have on IGN that sort of for the first time addresses Konami, and he doesn't address it with spite, but rather he says, like, I'm grateful of everything over the course of my career, including Konami. Like, yeah. without all mm-hmm. of these things, I would not be where I am, and this is, like, the most excited I've ever I, been in my career. I think for spite, they send out Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He's just, like, the hype man on yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's awesome. So, um, uh, yeah, check out. We yeah. have a full uh, video feature sort of chronicling a bunch of footage. 
stage uh, interviews with uh, Kojima and other members of the team. And you guys got to connect on La La Land. Yeah, yeah which was that awesome. Was great. Yeah. yeah, which is amazing. That was my favorite movie of the year. It's been, yeah. if you follow him on Twitter, he's obviously quite obsessed with the movie. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's what I love about Kojima uh, following him on Twitter is that when he locks in on something, like he doesn't let go. When yeah. you, you can tell when he likes something, he's one of those guys that like. Like I had a friend in high school that was a big Resident Evil fan, and he bought uh, every copy of the game in every region. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's nuts. Why would you do that? And he's like, I, I, I'm a collector. Like, yeah. I just love it. Like, they all have different art. They have different packaging. They have different like idiosyncrasies. And you, like, you can just see following him on Twitter. He's like, I love La La Land. I'm gonna buy everything La La Land. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. posters, books, DVDs. Yeah. Like, yeah. CDs, he was the same way when uh, Fury Road came out. He mm -hmm. said he saw yep. it every day. Yeah. It was in theaters. I think he said that awesome. seems a little. Spookous. He just tweeted the other day about how he saw the the black and chrome edition, which yeah. is the Mad Max yes. Fury Road, where you just it's just all in black and black white. And, white, yeah. and uh, he was like, I think this is my twenty seventh time seeing this. And then he tweeted a picture of him eating lunch in black and white, and he was like, Hideo Kojima, black and chrome edition. <laughs> and then he tweeted a picture, not to just read his tweets without actually reading them, but he he tweeted a picture of his coffee cup, and he's like, this coffee, like the the mug was black or was white, and the coffee was black, and he's like, this is black and white, but you can taste the colors, and it's like, all right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You got you got some right. you got a medical marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> Your game is called Jazz Cigarettes. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm excited he's to awesome. like yeah. Yeah, he's great. see him make something weird. Yeah. I mean weirder yes. than he's already made. Because yeah. it's like this is we don't know what the hell this game is about. Yeah. It could be about anything. It could make no sense on purpose. Yeah, I think that like Go that's figure. that's the really <laughs> interesting thing about this. If we look at his last two projects, it's PT, which is incredibly tight and personal, mm -hmm. and it's about this hallway, and Metal Gear Solid Five, which is massive and spans multiple continents. And yeah, yeah. But like, it's also a follow up to you know a twenty five year old series, yeah, or thirty year old series. Whatever. So I wonder like, which 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 direction this will yeah. go. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm really curious if we're because we know uh, he's has the keynote at uh, RTX. Yep. Yes. In, in uh, RTX Sydney, mm -hmm. which uh, Greg's gonna be moderating, that's I think next week. Oh yeah, super exciting. Right. So we're gonna get more, uh, you know, out of there. So I'm really curious if at any point in this development they're gonna sort of go dark, or if they're gonna, you know, in in something that is not very Japanese in terms of development, sort of keep the door open and keep a two way line of communication. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm interested in that. Yeah, it's. <sighs> Japanese games absolutely put out tons and tons of information to the point that I, I think that if you compare something like, I don't know, Final Fantasy XV with, you know, GTA V, like the amount of information drops, like we had a decade plus worth of bits and pieces of Final Fantasy XV yeah. to the point that you're like, where was that? Where was this? Yeah. And I mean, I beat uh, Metal Gear Solid V as much as you can beat that game. And there is one major thing, like there was stuff in the trailers leading up to that game that was pretty much showing the end of the game, like mm -hmm. showing stuff from the final cutscenes, or you know as far as they yeah. got uh and there's like one thing in there that was right kind of in front of us the whole time that was modified in the trailers mm. like there was a thing that was switched around so like and you know pt is very much like this too and we saw this with like the fact that the phantom pain was originally like this mystery game made by yeah. like a swedish mummy yeah who, like, <laughs> you know hung out with jeff Keeley. um but i like the idea that he understands that in this day and age the the narrative isn't just what's in the package, it's everything leading up to it. Yeah, yeah the conversation know? leading up to it. So, I mean, if, if everything we've seen so far of Death Stranding isn't actually in the game, that's fine. And I wouldn't be shocked Yeah, if yeah. none of this relates to what it but is. All we yeah. know is we play yeah. as Norman Reedus in what I assume is a third-person game. The end. Yeah, we don't know anything. E maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. All I know is that vague thing, maybe. You yep. might play as the baby. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of... Things from Japan that are confusing for some of us. Kingdom Hearts 
Drop that title. Hello, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue is out. How do you have uh, a final say prolapse? <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Final, wait, so yeah. Final Chapter pro, Okay, what? So it's comprised of three things that all have different titles. Are you drinking well. out of a Kingdom Hearts I'm, mug? I'm drinking, drinking out heavily? of a Kingdom Hearts mug. Uh, Dr. Oh, Pepper. God. That heavy Dr. Pepper. Okay. I don't know which is Dr. Pepper HD, two and a half nights <laughs> and 42 moons. Diet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what's going on with Kingdom Hearts? Uh, so Kingdom Hearts 2.8, the easy way to refer to it, is basically, like its title suge- suggests, is the lead up to three. It gets you the furthest point in the series back in time, as well as the most recent thing that you need to know. Um, so and in theory, this is the last thing before. In theory. There's also a collection coming out in March, sort of to celebrate the anniversary of the yeah. franchise. Oh, good. That won't confuse people. No, not it's called Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5. So, That's four. That, so, that's they, four. so they know... They know what they're doing. Yes, they know. They yeah. have they, to know. They know that they're that they're messing with people like yes. me. Yes. Well, okay. before two point eight came out, there were all these rumors that it was going to be called two point nine. So, so I, my I, theory is there's still a two point nine. I love that we have this going on at the same time as the Final Fantasy franchise, which yes. start every time you turn that game on fifteen, it was like a game for beginners and old friends and all that stuff. Like, and yes, this one's just yeah. like, hey, are you new? Go away. <laughs> yeah. No, two point eight is not for a newcomer to the franchise. Like okay. you should not play two point eight oh, if you've never played. Game. Yeah, like yeah. you well, should play the collection coming out in March. Okay. Yeah. That was gonna be my next question because yeah. I've never like I've, Which comes out after the prequel. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but this is also, but the, also sequel. the sequel. So do you play the one in March and then play this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Have you played all these? Are I've you... played every single Kingdom Hearts game okay. multiple times every time it comes out. I've I've spent too much time on this. So how does this one? Uh, yeah, well, so, I guess like break down the, the three things. So the three things: the uh, one of them is sort of a sixty-minute to 80, uh, 60, 70 minute uh, film called Back Cover, which is uh, basically the furthest point back in the series. It tells you kind of how Keyblades came to be in this huge war that's yeah. been alluded to throughout the series. I bought last time I was in a hotel room. I bought a film called Back Cover. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Probably a different film. Yeah. Just going to throw right. that out yeah. there. <laughs> All right. The second piece sex <laughs> is a <laughs> remake of a that. 3DS game Put called Dream Drop Distance. Uh, Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> yes. Uh, I remember they, that one because I'm bad at saying it, and in my job, sometimes I have to say things into a camera, <laughs> and I've definitely had to stop doing my job to say <laughs> that name Dream right again. Dream Drop Distance. Dream Drop Distance. Yes. There you go. There we go. Got I did it. it. Uh, which is was the furthest point in the timeline up until 3. And that, that was, was a, the most recent. That was a 3DS Originally game Originally 3DS out. game. That was like 2012 or 2012, so? yeah. That okay. was the 10th yeah. anniversary. Of that was See, one of the I games pay attention. that used the Franken, the Franken stick because the game played better with dual Yeah, with the, yeah. Right. The, the, the extra circle pad. What, um... Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, what, 2006? Six. Six? Yeah, okay. two, the original came out in 2 and then 2 came out in 6. Yeah. Uh, it comes out in upside down me. question marks. I okay. love how... Yes, none of these numbers make this sense. confusing ass timeline somehow centers around uh, Goofy and Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. It's so wonderfully it's, perverse because, like, yeah. when yeah. I think of the most entry level casual, you know, intellectual properties, I think Disney. Yes, yeah. Like, short of like, like Plato. Like, I don't know of, of and that's not even characters. That's like a Plato or Plato. Plato, not Plato. Plato, like the, like very the easy pink stuff that if you yeah. eat it, it's not going to kill you. Like, it just tastes bad. Um, Toxic uh, spaghetti. Yeah, like Disney is like. I'm like, ah, I I once enjoyed a fine game called Mickey Mania, where Mickey Mouse jumped on things and threw marbles, and then they're like, guess what? You have to play a game with decimal points in the title. Yes. So for, and, sorry. So for hardcore Kingdom Hearts fans, which yes. you obviously are one, um, is th- is this something you you absolutely should play? So the third thing. So yes, yeah. that's the third part is something you should play. I would I would recommend waiting till it's a little cheaper because it is really only a three hour or so experience. Mm-hmm. But Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep zero point two a fragmentary passage 
That is the full title. You can, yeah, you should probably just, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a while. <laughs> that was only the first part of the title notes. No. <laughs> uh, so that, You're, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that continues from the PSP prequel game released in, I believe, uh, the late 2000s called Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. It follows one of the characters. A normal, regular, regular title for a video game. For, for a Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, that is the, you basically find out what happened to this character after that game ended leading up to three. And it is built There's in the Kingdom aqua, Hearts. Like yes. the water. Good, I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's built with the Kingdom Hearts 3 technology, so this is kind of our first actual glimpse of Kingdom Hearts 3 that you can play. Yeah. Okay. And it's great. It's um, really fun. So how how much of how much did you read up on Kingdom Hearts? Right? Is this the thing you have it in your brain? No, this is just in the back of okay. my head all the time. So like <laughs> yeah, if this you, is just there. let's say there are people who are like lapsed Kingdom Hearts fans and maybe they script like skip Dream Drop Drop oh, Dream Drop Distance. The first time. Triple yeah. D. Um Ooh, yeah, uh, back cover. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, stop it. Yeah, so how, <laughs> yes. how does it, for somebody who maybe is just trying to get themselves like back into gear for, for Kingdom Hearts 3, like, is I it think okay? If, or? I think if you hadn't played Birth by Sleep, that part would still be confusing, because knowing who Aqua is does matter. Yeah. It, it, the really essential games are Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and Birth by Sleep. I think you can get by without really playing many of the others. There, there are bits and pieces you should know, but you can get by. Mm -hmm. This uh, piece about Aqua in 2.8 is really great at sort of connecting the dots of those games yeah. and bringing okay. you to, and it surprisingly brings you up to three. Like, I don't want to spoil the ending, but I was surprised at how much it gets you to where three is going. Yeah. I just said, I suddenly understand what it's like to be a, a not a Metal Gear Solid <laughs> fan and to hear somebody yeah. explain like, so anyway, uh, the sniper wolf, if you get the, the psycho mantis and the, the fear, oh, you're no, like, what? I, yeah. I don't have like a lot of blind spots when it comes mm -hmm. to the games industry. I've just, been doing this for a long time and playing games on every on every platform for a long time this is one of the ones where i'm just like every time i'm like let me let me like crack this nut a yeah. little bit well and as a fan i get that back like I, I yeah back cover uh back cover the really the, there are only three or so essential ones that you need to play for the story uh -huh. but it, it why i grabbed on the franchise was because it hit me at this great time where because it's final fantasy and disney it was kind of like i was right at that puberty moment of course yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. growing up and hitting oh there's emo but also disney that i love yeah. so it really blended for me and so i stuck to the story but the story gets crazy convoluted and complex and there are so many things you need to understand to get 2.8 which is why i think the collection coming out in march will be for newcomers that's what you want to play to get excited for okay free. yeah okay that so is. if you get in if you get into the one in march a yes. lot then there's all of this stuff to go back and dig yes up. Yeah. and really i think the that aqua chapter that's built on the three engine is really the only essential of those three because the other two it, it, you still don't really need yeah but this one is it's fun also yeah it's i'm really worthy. excited to yeah. to play that and sort of get a taste because i'm i considered myself a big kingdom hearts fan until jonathan then i walked in yeah, right doesn't that suck when you're <laughs> like i know a lot about this thing and then someone's like yeah did you well that was my i was growing up i was the biggest star wars fan i knew and then i came here, here. yeah i'm the 40th biggest star wars fan <laughs> in, the, in that room i'm 40 first uh yeah, yeah congrats uh but yeah i'm excited to see sort of the the combat tweaks and uh, enemy encounter design and just yeah. sort of how your character feels it, to it, sort of prepare myself for three it harkens back to the bigger worlds that were in one and two you're fighting a lot more enemies at once and they're more creative enemies the worlds have more branching pathways to explore and get which is what we've sort of gotten a taste of in the brief glimpses we've gotten of yes three. yeah yeah i'm stoked yeah all right winnie the pooh is back with a <laughs> i don't even know if he's in those <laughs> what a weird footnote to that <laughs> he's always in those things um, so Yakuza Zero comes out today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, has anyone, have, have any guys touched it at yeah, all? Yeah, put a couple hours into it. What's uh, it? Is it cool? Yes, it's awesome. I, re it I got a code for this, and I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. 
so yeah, it's a prequel. It takes place uh, in 1988 in pretty much Kabukicho, which was the the in Shibuya, the red light district. Uh, does a, such a good job of capturing the sort of madness, energy, grime, filth, and pleasure of what you would imagine a red light district in Tokyo in the late 80s would be. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it starts the the two main characters of the series, and this is your, your prequel introduction to them. Uh, but the thing I love most is, like, yes, it's a it's GTA-ish. It's not, like, an expansive world, but it's a really deep world um, in terms of, like, there's just a lot of uh, texture to each area. And uh, the main story's fine. The combat's cool. It's, it's Arkham-E. Um, but the thing I love most is just the insane amount of things you can do that if you have to do A and B, you, there's a C, D, E, F, G. Like, you can go to a maid cafe. You can go play Outrun and Space Harrier. Karaoke? Uh, yeah, you can yeah. go karaoke. You can go to, huh. yeah, you can go to, to so, wait, a thrift is, store. Does karaoke just switch over to, like, a rhythm game? It, yes. It, like, it just keeps doing different things, which is insane. You can Fine. get late-night late ramen. You can just roam the streets. It's so cool. Okay, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. Max, I think you're going to love Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been, I, like, I've always loved kind of, like, you know, the GTA open-world crime games and stuff, and Yakuza's always been those, one of those ones I've kind of, like, my exposure to the series has been like gifts on Tumblr or yeah. like weird screen right. tabs. Somebody, somebody who was reviewing it was like, "Here's my experience with Yakuza Zero in four screenshots," and they were like four oh. of the most incoherent, confusing screenshots. And it, it was like, like you this... talking to a rooster, and you're yeah. like, it's like yeah. you're talking to me about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah, it was just it was like what what am I seeing? And I, I think I've seen like like clips where somebody like you know, burst into a room and, like, drop kicks a schoolgirl out a window, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a context, yeah. but even in the context, I think it's kind of, you know, known for being sort of over the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, and I'm excited because this is, of course, a prequel, and I'm, I think, what is it, uh, the one that's basically a remake of the first one comes out later this year? Yeah. They announced that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but um, also 80s, like, yeah, hell yeah. It's a little... Uh, Visually, it's a little unimpressive just because this was originally a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. And so okay. it's not like an HD version of a PS3 game. This is a PS4 game, but just keep in mind, it's like some of those early PS4 games that had versions on both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really cool. Honestly, I, noticed a, it was like, doing, I don't know if I'm going to finish this, but I just love spending like an hour in this it's, world. It's doing a kind of interesting like depth of field blur to sort yeah, of mask yeah. the fact that it, the yeah. draw distance isn't mm-hmm. what you would mm-hmm. probably expect, but it kind of works in its favor. It's it's yeah. a it's a weird it's pollution. Effect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, or it looks like when you're in LA and it's just kind of like yeah. hot enough where there's this weird yeah. haze. Yeah. Also, um, uh, this game does not have autosave, so make sure you say. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. man, good <laughs> catch. That is a very good point to know. PS4A. Ooh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to jump into that. And uh, yeah, I think I, I just, if you give me a choice, like, hey, you can go to 1980s Tokyo and eat ramen late at night, or you can go in a messed up Louisiana mansion and get chased by black mold in VR, I think I'm going to do the former. Mm-hmm. So have fun with Resident Evil, boys. I feel like no matter what the second choice was, you would have done the former. Yeah, yeah pretty much. You're babby. And also, what do you mean a babby? I want to go to maid cafes. <laughs> I'll see you guys on the gummy ship. No <laughs> hearts reference. <laughs> Thank you. Shut up. <laughs> um, okay, For Honor is coming out in the sometime nearish future. No, Valentine's Day. Day. Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah. Ah. Three weeks away. Um, and I believe the oh, no. beta is Thursday or Alpha beta. Yeah, they, they've mm-hmm. had a couple. They've had a couple that have been yeah. uh, running for the last like month or so. So a lot yeah. of people have been getting their hands on it. And I want to be. I want to make uh, a a quick, not even an apology, because why would I do that? I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> When I first heard about this game, when I first saw this game, I was not interested in it yeah. at all. It's one of those things where I was like, I don't really care about like Vikings and knights and samurai. It just seemed like like the kind of game for people who hang, hang swords over their beds. Like I'm like, that's fun for you guys. You guys enjoy it. I didn't. I wasn't into it at all. 
I uh, I know. I'm just pissing off everybody. I'm sorry, guys. Just let's sound. What's wrong with swords above your beds? What are you supposed to do? If, they uh, can fall and hit you right in the nuts. What if a wyvern comes in in the night? How are you supposed to defend yourself? Throw your Funko Pops at it. Um, I uh, was not interested in this game at all, and I played it for a couple hours today, mm-hmm. and I had a really good time. It is a very, very, very difficult game. Mm-hmm. I want to put this in there right right off the bat. This is this is a hardcore gamer's yeah. game. This is not a kind of game where you can just go in and mash buttons. It's not Dynasty Warriors. No. Screenshots can look like Dynasty yes. Warriors. Yes. Yeah. I think I think that's what we all thought when we first saw it, because it's it's yeah. you're this guy and he's fighting waves of enemies at times. And um to me, it feels like uh, taking the best parts of Rise, the best parts of Dynasty Warriors, and the best parts in Infinity Blade, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. crossing them with the sort of hardcore combo aspect of Street Fighter. Yes, wow. totally. Okay. And yeah. so, like, I went from being like, I don't care about this at all, mm-hmm. to playing it, to being like, this is really frustrating, yeah. to being like, I'm really good at this, this is awesome, to repeatedly getting my ass kicked, to being yeah. like, I hate this more yeah. than anything in the world, I'll never play it again, to winning and being like, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It, like the the loop of like losing to winning and victory in that game uh, is one of the most satisfying wins. Like just actually w- winning a, a a fight, like holding on to your controller and gripping yeah. it mm-hmm. and killing someone with a sword is immensely yeah. satisfying in this it, game. It, it, it is able to handle that sort of moment in a big battle in like any medieval movie or like Game of Thrones where like you feel like Jon Snow mowing down waves of yep. people that don't matter. Yep. And that's yep. when it feels like Dynasty Warriors. But then you get to that point where he sees, what was his name, Ramsey, whoever killed yeah. a bunch of his family members. Mm-hmm. And then you get to that moment where it turns into a fighting game, like a one-on-one, very right. personal, very strategic which, thing. Which I think it does. Um, uh, uh, Shadows uh, Shadows of Mordor did it like... Um, I thought you were going to say shout out to Mordor. Shout out to Mordor. <laughs> Uh, my new they, album. Shout out to Mordor. They did it in a much sort of more lighthearted way, where you'd yeah. be fighting a bunch of guys, and all of a sudden, the guy would, "Whoa, you golly, bully, bitchy, Bob!" <laughs> and then you'd have to fight him one on one while everyone else was like throwing bees at you and stuff. <laughs> this game that ha- doesn't have a man I feel that yells like that game at you. had far fewer bees than you. Bring no, up. there were a lot of bees. No, I started replaying it on PS4 Pro. A lot of bees. of bees. You can actually see more PS4 of the bees. PS4 Pro adds bees. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Yep, yeah. that was that's what you pay for. That's <laughs> yeah. the DLC. The power in the box. That's actually on the... No, forget it. Um, the B-movie. So, yeah, I totally came around on this game. Yep. And I don't know if I'll, I'll stick with it, like, for months and months, but the uh, it's the kind of thing where, like, I think I, I played with a couple of people from work um, doing two-on-one matches, doing three against, like, another army of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things I really liked, which I don't think I've seen a, a ton of, is the environmental kills are really awesome. Yeah. Like, I learned this push mechanic, which you can basically, like, grab a guy and throw him or just hold on to him and try to kill him. And there's certain areas where there's, like, there's a puddle on the ground, and it turns into a geyser. And you push a guy into it, and it's like an instant kill, and he just bursts into flames. What? Or there's, like, spikes on a wall, and you're in the middle of a fight, and you just throw a guy at it, and he just gets impaled immediately. And you're like, this is awesome. That sounds really cool. It's oh, one of those like, environmental kills will immediately get me more excited yeah. about something that's melee-based that I might not initially care about. Yep. Like, that's yep. what I one thing that I loved about Sleeping Dogs, something I loved about Injustice. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that suddenly you're not just, like... It's not just this kind of odd, like, freestyle rhythm thing against another, you know, avatar or whatever. It's suddenly you're in this environment and it actually makes a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, um, I don't think we know um, much about if they're, like, I, I, I wasn't, I kind of checked out on this game. It, like, is there a single player? Like, yeah, there's a single player. Yeah. There's a story. It has a, it's it has uh, a villainous who's like a okay. sorceress. Because I'm really, I'm really interested in that because I love the mechanics of this game, but I want to play it on easy because yeah, sure. I, I need, I need it to be a little more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They mm-hmm. sort of taught me, the tutorials teach you the rules of this game and then you get into your first match and you start forgetting them because mm-hmm. it's just so intense. Yeah. 
that you're like, I forget how to block, I forget how to yeah. do this. <laughs> and um, w- uh, one thing that's really cool about it is it's different than pretty much anything that's out on the market. Yeah, especially in terms of Ubisoft, because when we play yeah. Ubisoft games, we're like, oh, we expect the yeah. Far Cry, AC, Watchdog yeah. sort of yeah. gameplay loop. Where can I climb up on tower? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I was going to say there's another game that's coming out that sounds kind of similar, which is Absolver. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is another game where it's basically like, hey, so everyone knows what a fighting game is. Like, that's mm-hmm. one of those just, you know, meat and potatoes, basic ass video game genres. But what if you put it inside a larger universe? You know, right. what if you took these mechanics and made them, you know, part of something bigger? And that's that's a game where you're going around and fighting enemies and you make allies and yep. stuff. And I'm I'm really curious to see how these kind of these kind of grow communities around them because yeah. we're at a point where you know games like like the Souls series has taken something very simple like oh you take a sword and you fight a goblin or whatever and made it into this very like technical right. and you know nuanced and and something that requires a lot of a lot of you know finesse to goblins, make it work. They're fallen knights. Okay, that's, true. that's fine. Just fallen so knights. So we are doing a big video series soon. Uh, I'm hosting it and I'm guesting with Alana Pierce and James Duggan here at IGN. Um, and we're all picking a class and we're Lonzo going... and the Duggler. Yes, that's exactly Ooh. what no one has ever called. Big old big old Bizzle and the. So we're teaming up with a bunch oh, of those different... Those are the stars of uh, Back Saved Cover. by the Bell. Let me get through this. We're teaming up with a bunch of different people from all over the games industry and YouTube, uh, people like Harley Morenstein and Kind of Funny and The Completionist, and we're picking different classes. So there's Samurais, Knights, and Vikings, so I'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly how that's getting divvied up, but I'm a Viking. I don't know why. I kind of like Samurais more, but I had to play as a Viking. All we had to talk uh, about this. The reason you're not a Samurai is because you said Samurais. <laughs> Well, boo <laughs> Jedi's. Jedi is plural. The last Jedi's. The yeah. last Samurai. Uh, Samurai's. Uh, cruises. Uh, Samurai's is actually what it's called when you, uh, when you shortly uh, you know, sum up what happens in a Kurosawa movie. So look uh, for that video series soon. I think it's going to be a big live stream. I think we're starting it on Thursday. So cool. uh, look out for that. Um, great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a, uh, games that are coming out these days. Uh, they, keep, they keep making them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a weird drop in PSN game quality yeah uh, mm-hmm. there have been notably some there's a game that popped up called life of black tiger okay so google right now pause yes google Whatever trailer you're doing, yeah. leave life the tab of, open of black tiger yeah yes watch this trailer yeah now you're back yeah uh yeah. and presumably you watch that on the official playstation channel like this is a thing that sony's yep. being like this yep. looks fine and putting it out there and like I think uh, my old my old colleague Jim Sterling, who uh, you know frequently just says the thing that everyone's thinking and you know gets in trouble because of it, uh, he went on record and was like, "This I think this is the worst console game I've I've ever played." And right. you know, he plays a lot of like Steam shovelware, mm-hmm. uh, and he it was just kind legitimately of, looks like a PlayStation One game, maybe a launch PS. It looks game. like a yeah. very bad Android game. Well, yeah. well um, that, that's exactly what's happening, yeah. Max. I think people are dragging and dropping terrible iPhone games on the consoles instead of the the other way around. And we've saw we saw like. For a long time, we were like, what happened to like the middle shelf or the bottom shelf in gaming? We saw these third parties go away in the last generation. Most of them moved, moved to mobile. I think a lot of them are getting a little frisky, and they're trying to come back to consoles with their yeah. trash they're making and on I mobile. Don't know what's, I don't know what's happening there, because like, presumably the whole thing that like one of the wonderful sort of double-edged sword upside-downsides is that you don't get as many weird kind of like you know bottom shelf things that you might get on PC with PSN, right. and you have to pay for online, and it's you know not as powerful, but... You know, there's a kind of a, a you know quality filter there. Yeah, you know, it's you one of those. I just don't. I don't remember things like this existing downloadable on PS3. 
No. Like when I look back yeah. at like my cross media bar on my PS3 and see all the cool downloadable games I have from that game company and Pixel Jump yeah, games exactly. yeah. and Bionicle. Well, I think Commando. I think I think this is a sort of like an example of what happens when you make it easier to work with indies, right? Sure. You make it easier to work with companies, small studios who have an idea for a game. Um, and I think it's awesome that like opening those doors lets so many things in, but it's also you get stuff like this. There needs right. to be someone who looks at this trailer and is like, no. And yeah. then there's this other yeah. game, Skylight, Free Range this 2. One, Ooh, I was going to say, yeah. if the Light yeah, of Black one. Tiger trailer made you sad and you need a good hearty heart laugh, watch the trailer for Skylight, Free Range 2, yeah. Gatch Doing. Gatch Doing. Let's not stop laughing this, at this. This thing. looks like a if PlayStation Home was developed by students. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. it it looks like a bunch of just kind of very homemade polygon characters I mean, kind of floating around and if, it if just second life looks bad this looks like first life. Yes. <laughs> this is like what they tried uh, to do first. I know it, it I honestly what, looks yeah. like somebody lost a bet and made a game a 10-year-old pitched. Yeah. 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 I don't like, know what Skylight Free Range 1 is, but <clears throat> Skylight Free Range Gachdwin is uh rated M for mature and apparently has uh, nudity and sexual content, but yep. oh. with these god awful like Fisher Price, My Little People yeah. <laughs> avatars <laughs> running around. Yeah, uh, and I also don't like the word Gactween. Like, Gactween say noises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. How if does this was... not have Kingdom Hearts anywhere? In the <laughs> <laughs> That's um, actually a prequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it's. I think it's great that it's more accessible for you know for smaller yeah. game, pub- yeah. game companies to make to make games. But at the same time, like it also sucks that a game like this is being charged. 15 bucks and you know somebody jumps in the store and they're like oh i spent money on this so that's um, the thing that's really important to point out right like, a lot of yeah. these games aren't like cheap they're not really free to play like no we, we and we'll talk about the next one but i mean some of these games go from 15 to 20 to 30 dollars yeah, and yeah. They're just they're not even they're not even like functional sometimes right yeah not like they're not finished or unpolished they're like fundamentally broken video games yeah, yeah. Uh, we played one called Joe's Diner. Oh my we did a little God. bit for, uh, <laughs> for and I think we will probably have a, a Let's Play up on IGN today. Uh, yeah. Basically, Joe's Diner, uh, <laughs> it looks fine. I think it's running in Unity. Yeah. Uh, it's v- Visually, it's theoretically pretty good. Yes. Um, it's basically a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff, except instead of being a like a defunct uh, you know, bootleg Chuck E. Cheese, it is a... Diner somewhere in the Midwest of America, presumably, mm-hmm. uh, and you've been hired as a vacation like temp, like somebody went on vacation. You've been hired to take over the graveyard shift at this diner. What you, they don't tell you until you load the game up, and there is an unskippable cutscene that <laughs> explains all this to you, mm-hmm. is that Joe's Diner was built on Native American burial grounds. Ooh. Now there, this is this is already kind of one of those things like, okay, this has A, been done to death, and B, kind of hard to do in 2017 without being horribly culturally insensitive. The good news is this was developed by Germans who probably maybe didn't do a ton of research into A, Native Americans, or B, Midwestern American diners. Yeah. They watched Poltergeist. Or even just the food <laughs> service industry in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically you're in this diner and you have to walk around and the entire game that we could glean from paying, playing it a few rounds, uh, is you have to walk around and clean up the diner. Like, you have to take food off the table and put it in the trash. Weird part is, it's all like, I think it's all like Unity Store assets of, of food. So it's yeah. an entire cheeseburger or a full Slurpee, which they don't serve in 50s diners. I don't know why that's there. And take it and put it in the trash. But every time you do anything, it makes noise. And there are various devices scattered around the diner that turn on, like a phone will start ringing or the jukebox will start playing. And it's 
you know, conceivably sort of spooky. You've got this meter, and as it gets louder, the louder it gets, the more likely the old ghost chief will come out and get you. Oh, and I don't want that. So nope. you could think that maybe this would be an interesting thing where, like, oh, no, if it gets too loud, we, the ghost is going to come and you have to yeah, hide it from was like, and don't wake daddy, the old boy. Yeah, and this is yep. all, like, first person. And, it, like, again, graphically looks okay. You've got a flashlight, which they don't even tell you you can turn on. Um, when the ghost comes out, it is a clip art image of a... Native American chief that flashes on the screen and it says, like, you're dead or something. It's or, like the thing that Lucky most. Kids found on Tootsie Pops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if you if you die ten times, you get a free bag of Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. Um, but no, like, it is it is just, it works, but it's so bad. And it's $20. Again, it's a yeah. third of the price yeah. of okay. Resident Evil 7. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe we screwed up and there's some deeper narrative here or some incredible frog game buried away. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. but I don't it's really think racist so. racist frog <laughs> Yeah. Also, really weird part is there are like 99 slots for save files. This isn't really a game that you need to save a whole lot. 99 yep. times. I don't think you even can save like mid-round. It's kind of also, odd. Also, if you're that good at saving, don't spend $20 on this game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, those are those are some bad games that are out there. You probably would rather watch people play them. I mean, it's kind of weird because that's there's a whole industry for that. People playing shovelware. Um, if you want to check out a good game that's affordable, check out Hunter's Legacy. It's on uh, PSN. It came out today. It is a little 2D Metroidvania where you play as a like a tiger lady. Uh, it's seven bucks. Um, you could buy it three times for the price of Joe's Diner. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was screwing around with it. It's um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's it has a wonderful kind of hand drawn art style. Yeah, it looks a little really bit. Cool. It reminds yeah. me a lot of like Klasky Shupo. So like Rugrats, <clears throat> Duckman, uh, Wild Thornberries. I'm sure. What I thought that was a slur. Um, Klasky Shupo. Who would stop that? You didn't grow up on Nickelodeon, did you? I um, did. I didn't realize who Klasky Shupo is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Ar- it was Arlene Klasky, Gabor Shupo. They did the cover. They did a cover of uh, Frank Zappa's "The Lost Episodes." Anyway, uh, it's a wonderful little kind of hand-drawn thing, um, and it's you know seven bucks. So if you want to, if you if you don't want to, if you want something that'll be a nice aperitif for when you're uh, uh, scared pantsless by the Resident Evil guys, you can play this cute uh, cartoon cat game. Keep your pants on. Uh, yeah, keep those pants on. Anyway, yeah. there's also you know just it can be tempting to see something that's on sale on PSN, but maybe just you know check it out first because that's uh there's our there's our PSN PSA for you. Don't buy the tiger game. It's buy the hunters one, not the black tiger one, because it's it's the that's a phone game. Um, great PSA. Anyway, <laughs> words is great. Tommy, you make them come out of your mouth and a whole bunch of sentence. Anyway, uh, speaking of sentences, here's one for you. It's time for rapid fire. Rapid fire is of course the part of the show where we answer your weird questions from our Facebook group, which is facebook.com/groups/podcastbeyond. Groups.com. Groups.com. <laughs> See you in the cloud. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, go through these. we gotta do yeah. clicks. Matt T. Garso yeah, says, "Which games in 2017 would best be suited for, or would you like to see have VR level slash experiences attached?" And Paul Mastroianni said, "What other big franchises do you think would benefit from VR modes?" Both kind of the same question, but it's a good question nonetheless. I, I would love to see Horizon have some sort of like dino tourism mode because really I think cool. that uh, yeah. one of the coolest things that I've seen in VR so far was first the uh, ATAT in the Battlefront VR thing when that walks by that sense of scale. Um, I'm looking up at that weird uh, elephant's tongue, <laughs> and then uh, number two is uh, Robinson the Journey. The dinosaurs in that game look mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So combine both of those beasts, mm-hmm. and you have robot dinosaurs, yeah. uh, and they would look really cool. So I don't know about like sort of like 
like hunting them or anything like that, yeah. but at least sort of just like hanging out somewhere and checking it out would be really cool. Yeah. Spider-Man. It's, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I like up. Batman Arkham VR is one of my favorite VR experiences that I've had so far. And the idea of it making you feel like that hero, I think Spider-Man is probably one of the ones that makes the most yep. sense for that. Yeah. Uh, and there have even been games that are similar to mm-hmm. a Spider-Man game. Yeah. yeah, I'll plug this game real quick yeah. if you're looking for a Spider-Man-ish experience on PSVR. It's called Windlands, yes. um, and it gave me le- legitimate fear of heights. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about shooting ropes. Yeah. And <laughs> and uh, climbing up to like really high areas and trees and collecting stuff. Shooting ropes and doing ropes. ropes. Yeah, it's about swinging and shooting Probably ropes. A second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Marty? Oof. Uh, I think it'd be cool for, I mean, we're assuming Battlefront 2 is coming this fall. I think a more yeah. sort of robust VR component mm, yeah. uh, than the sort of X-Wing VR that we had in... Um, I told you what I want for that, right? I want, uh, so you could oh, unlock those, toys? yeah, those yeah. toys, those like models that you could yeah, unlock. Yeah. I want those, but like action figures and blister packs that you yeah. can pick up and turn around and open yeah. up and stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome. I like, yeah. uh, there's this game, Lucky's Tale 4 uh, Oculus. Yeah. That's yes. a, it's a 3D platformer, but you sort of are the camera. And I think that'd be really cool for like, the crash collection that's coming out. Oh, sort of that like would be looking at those lanes and be able to sort of change your perspective and get yeah. up there. And yeah, that would make it a lot easier. Brundle. I remember yeah. I remember doing interviews before uh, with with the, the Lucky's Tale devs um, at E3 when they were like, "Hey, we're making a platformer for Oculus," and I was like, "But why? Isn't <laughs> Oculus for scary things in first person?" And they were like, "Well, actually, it's a lot easier to platform if you're." You know, we've all had that thing with a bad camera in yeah. in the 3D platformer, but when it becomes almost second nature, where you can, yeah. when your depth perception is no longer an issue, um, so that'd be kind of cool if that yeah. became sort of tacked on. I'm dying for the first game that just implements something where, whether it's like, you know, whether it's Horizon Zero Dawn or you know, Ghost Recon Wildlands, something where they're just like, hey, you want to look around in VR, in this beautiful world we've rendered, mm-hmm. like. If it's maybe sending up a drone and some of yeah. the drone is like kind of you know stuck in one spot, yeah. but they're yeah. like switching to VR and you're like, whoa, I can see all around There's here. Like a programmer technology for again PC for Oculus yeah, called yeah. Uh, Ansel. Yeah, we talked about that. Right. And you can like take a screen, you can like pause uh, Witcher. Which are three yeah. and sort of just exist in the space and look around. And it's not a so, game per se. Yeah. There's a thing they just launched. I'm, I hope I'm not screwing up the name. It's on PSVR and it's like ten bucks and it's called I think it's called Paradise. Did you see this in the store? No, not yet. And it's basically just like a like uh, like vacation viewer huh, where you okay. can basically be like I, i'm gonna sit at the top of a mountain and just hang out and i can look around i can pick different viewpoints and just kind of like be zen yeah or i can yeah. go by this beach i can go by this ocean yeah. i want to see more stuff like that but with with recognizable game environments that's yeah. a great idea yeah, it I, seems I, like it seems almost kind of just like a waste to create these you know beautiful massive worlds and just to not be like hey let's i mean i don't know how much work goes into it i imagine probably a stupid amount but to just mm-hmm. be like hey there's a you know extra bonus vr feature where you can look around this world, right? Yeah, and just explore. Like, one of the best VR experiences I've had was Google Earth or whatever on yeah. Yeah. And just a mobile VR, and you just, I click to the top of a mountain, and I'm seeing out from the top, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah, that's, so that's cool. crazy. That in so actual cool. game world. Yeah, I hope that comes um, to VR. Yes. So, on that note, Steve Green said, with Sony closing studios that worked on VR and not restocking stores, are they trying to mm-hmm. kill off PSVR already? I'm loving RE7 mm-hmm. in VR, and I hate that Sony doesn't seem to be pushing this experience yeah. at all. No, I don't think it's they're, weird. I mean, I, they've committed too much to, P- yeah. to PSVR yeah. to pull the cord on it. And also with RE7 being sort of the first uh, tentpole, AAA established franchise game and having it actually be super successful in VR, which I thought yeah. it would be nauseating in VR, yeah, but everyone who played it loves it in VR. Yeah, the Chloe com- preferred it in VR. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. I mean, the comfort options are, are incredible. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, PSVR is sort of uh, felt a little muted at PSX. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There were a few games here and there that we talked about back when we did that show, but um, all in all, I think they're, they're, they're in this weird pattern between like, 
we don't want to overpromise and we don't want to underdeliver and yeah. uh, we are sort of just like waiting to see how the market responds. But the problem is the market doesn't know what it wants until you tell them. Mm. And I think they need to get just a little bit louder on the bullhorn to sort of explain to people like this thing is awesome because it yeah. legitimately is. It's the most comfortable consumer ready VR I've ever tried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just awesome. I mean, I got one, Max, you just got one. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just a, it's a great toy Yeah. yeah. and it works so well with your PlayStation. Um, it doesn't work well with your PS4 Pro, which is a different story entirely. Mm -hmm. Even though it makes things look better, uh, I'm like quick tangent. I'm really annoyed by the fact that those yeah. things don't communicate better. That I have to um, when I play a game with HDR like Resident Evil Seven, I have to unplug it. But when I want to try the VR mode, I plug it all back in. Mm. Like there isn't a smarter way. That stupid breakout. I think box. that's yeah. a that's a thing. And whatever the Gen Two version of PSVR is going to yeah. fix that, which sucks for someone who got it at launch yep. or close yeah. to launch. Yeah, I mean, I bought I bought all of those toys in a new TV all within the span of like two or three months, and they don't communicate the way they should. And everything else does. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of cumbersome. But that being said, I'm hearing that PSVRs are available in stores a little bit more now. Uh, they're starting to show up on shelves again. They were impossible to get for a long time. Yeah. So if you want one, buy it. Go listen to our old episodes about how much uh, we, we love them. I'll probably put yeah. together something soon. Maybe next week, Max, we can do a little thing about our yeah. VR, VR we'll do some homework. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give you guys a little crash course. Yeah. Uh, Phil Mansfield says, will the survival horror genre ever get stale old? Nope. No. I think we'll be fine. I, in the same way, the horror film genre never gets stale. Or yeah. yeah. I mean, with all genres in general, they come in waves. Yeah, it, totally. Things will get stale for a mm -hmm. bit, and then someone will reinvent it in an yeah. interesting way, and yeah. that revitalizes Yeah, you'll have smaller indie things, things yeah. introduce new ideas and concepts that AAA games end up taking from and building on. Uh, I, yeah. just, I just watched this movie, The Girl with All the Gifts, yeah. which mm -hmm. I was, I'm not fatigued on zombie stuff, but I'm at yeah. the point where it doesn't surprise me anymore. And I saw this movie, and it did what I think 28 Days Later did 10, 12 years ago, mm -hmm. whenever that was, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, I think there's always room for it. Yeah. Uh, if you look at uh, just the last few years, the survival horror genre has changed immensely, become yeah. like very a lot more uh, sort of quiet and um, sort of le less combative and more yeah. sort of sitting in yep. the shadows Control and waiting. And, yeah. Experiential, yeah. First person stuff. I mean, the fact that we've seen Resident Evil invent them, reinvent themselves so many times shows that I think there's always going to be room to breathe yeah. there. And Speaking of uh, Resident Evil reinventing itself, you should check out uh, Secret Origins of Resident Evil, yes. which uh, Zach Ryan, among uh, many others, put together. It's this really great sort of crash course on uh, the roots of the series, where it came from and how it got here. Yeah, yeah. really good. Mm -hmm. um, I actually want, I had that question in there because I wanted to piggyback on it. Cody Becker said, what would an Oregon Trail game that was rebooted look like today for you? I think Ooh. that would be a really cool survival horror game. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see survival horror uh, leaning more into the actual existing horror. Like, be like, oh, hey, you're uh, trying to flee a war-torn country or something. Like, a yeah. game where it's it's taking... I mean, we've seen all kinds of messed up stuff in video games at this point. But to see something that's like... I mean, imagine, like, The Revenant, but, you know, a video game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think about... I remember like playing Oregon Trail when I was a little kid in school, which was very odd because like you would sit down in front of like an old computer that was like it was like an old Macintosh and mm -hmm. it was black and green, and it would be like your wife's dead, here's yeah. her tombstone, and then yeah, <laughs> that's like, not great. And you you like if you hunted too much in one area, no animals showed up anymore, and you're like there's something oddly dark and and uh, alarming about this game. But I think having that like you know running in the same engine that uh, Death Stranding's running and all like all of a sudden you go to caulk the wagon across yeah. the river and your your children die like that would be hard to cope with yeah an actual brutal survival game yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I mean when you get mauled by a bear yeah, yeah. Conversely, something like XCOM would work perfectly with Oregon yeah. Trail, where, oh, your yeah. friends are all dead because yeah. they won't stop crapping everywhere. Yeah. Or an like, MMO where you're all on the same trail and you... That'd be interesting. You come across... Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. starve. 
grabs some of those core tenants. Yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. sure. Anyway, also shout out to the people making me an XCOM. I saw that in the Beyond group. They're sharing <laughs> that. That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and We're yeah, aviators that... on the battlefield—it's <laughs> night. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So on that note, that was uh, that was beyond. Um, you can find us all on Twitter as always, and be sure to check out the Facebook or Facebook group. What did I say? Facebook. Yeah, I said it. Groups.com. Yeah, go to groups.com. That's the one. You know where to find us. Um, and of course, check out the Beyond uh, YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash IGN Beyond. Uh, we occasionally put up extra little bonus things. Uh, Marty, you and I have been playing uh, Skyrim together. Yeah. It's a, we're, you're bad, you're very bad at that game. Oh, I'm real terrible. Real at it. bad at real, it. I, uh, I keep going to dungeons and getting yeah. too scared, and people are too good, and then I run away. Yeah, just We've made to, very little progress yeah. for the like, dozens of we hours. We just became level four, but We've it's very made fun to watch. seven episodes. <laughs> As um, an unbiased yeah. party. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hit uh, YouTube.com/slash/ign and look for the Welcome to Skyrim playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, um, yeah, we all do, we all do a lot of stuff. Uh, Brian, what are you what are you doing these days? Uh, let's see. I mean, you and me do up at noon every week. That's I'm all, right. We I'm do also that on NBC. We got some cool guests coming to up at noon in the next few weeks, so we're we're working stuff out. But yeah, we can't announce that one yet. But we will we will soon. It's a personal favorite. Of Horatio mine. Sands. Horatio Sands. Kevin Klein from that boat cruise movie oh, is yeah. coming on. He's doing boat Cuba? cruise too. SNL. You got Cuba? Yeah, Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah, okay. That's, just, that's not really Cuba Good. We just a booked Cuba a guy Gooding named Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. Yep. Dornbush, where can people find you? What do you do? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JM Dornbush. Uh, I write the news. That's all I got. All right. Also, Kingdom Hearts. Just yeah. more Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, you write the news for IG. Right? You keep yeah. busy. The news. <laughs> I'm writing all the news. It's, yeah. it's late it's Wednesday night. For me. Uh, so your review is probably up of Kingdom Hearts? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, title one more time Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. Beautiful. All right. Back cover. Um, and of course, we're all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Marty, you're McBiggity's the two G's and two T's. Yes. Uh, Brian, you're Agent Bizzle. And you said you're J.M. Dornbush. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Beyond. That's it. Goodbye. Thank you. Beyond. The end. The end of the show. Pro- final ending prologue. The edition. Zero points. Is over. Two Back and a half stars. The end. On iTunes. <laughs>